Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top 10. We fear the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. What's up, Turf fans? Fred, Ryan, and Ahmed back for another edition of the Shell and Tell podcast. It's Thursday, October 20th, and we got a lot to cover on this week's show. Uh, we, collectively, I think our hearts stopped as Turfs fan this week with QB1 going down. But no fear, Billy the Kid steps in to Willis the victory by the slimmest of margins in Indiana. Yeah, it was a very interesting game to watch on so many levels. I'm excited to deep dive into that. And then we also... Dive into our survive for six as we try to become bowl eligible, still without key key pieces until after the bye week. Yep, and we're going to take a look at Northwestern, who who's to watch, uh, names to know, matchups to keep an eye on, and we'll give our predictions for the weekend and give you a recruiting roundup to round up the show. All right, well, before we start this week's show, today's episode is sponsored by Inside the Black and Gold. Inside the Black and Gold is your trusted source for the latest news and buzz around all Maryland athletics with deep dives into the recruiting world of our revenue programs. If you're looking for the healthiest Maryland forums on the net, look no further than Inside the Black and Gold. Founder and lead writer Ahmed Gafir, formerly of 247 and Sports Illustrated, in my opinion, has been the top Maryland football source for many years now, and with the new site and team of writers, makes IBG arguably the lead source in every program at College Park. Make sure if you're a Maryland sports fan, you have an IBG subscription, and if you are if you are already a subscriber, make sure your friends are as well, too. To get a deeper look at IBG recruiting news, be sure to check out Inside the Bag with our man Ahmed and Mason Viner of Young Terps on YouTube as well. All right, guys, like I said... Terps find a way to sneak out of Indiana with a win, 38-33, to despite losing QB1 to a knee injury in the fourth quarter. Backup Billy Edwards comes in and leads a game-winning drive to get the team to now 5-2 and two on the season and now one win away from that eligible, being bowl eligible, uh, in back-to-back seasons. Yeah, it'll be the first time in almost 10 years that Maryland's done that. I believe it's uh, 2013, 2014 was the last time Maryland yeah. uh, back-to-back bowl game. So uh, might be the, the obviously the, the earliest that Maryland's been able to clinch bowl eligibility uh, possibly since then. But uh, yeah, I mean, last weekend, uh, far from pretty. And I think that every, everyone would be able to say that. But uh, definitely, you know, kind of, uh, you know, Gives gives some confidence at the fact that they were able to kind of pull it out in the end. Obviously, Billy Edwards had to come in uh, and to lead two uh, touchdowns and three drives. I thought was uh, very impressive. Yeah, I mean, we are five and two, looking at a bowl eligibility in the middle of October. Yeah, and yet as a Maryland fan, like it hasn't felt right. It hasn't <laughs> felt like we're that like we should be much happier than where we are right now. But I think that what I realized in this last game was my expectations at some point changed. It has been a long time since the Terps really were able to upset me. There's been many a years where I am sold in, bought in, like, that we're going to win. But when it starts falling apart, I'm just like, of course it does. That's where we are now. That's what it is. Like I've Reality many sets a, in. <laughs> yeah. I've spent many a times in Section 7 just, like, applauding good plays of the opponents and just be like, oh, yeah, that was a really good play, guys. Like, 
But that's just not where I am right now. Somewhere the expectation changed. I sat angry as hell, like ready to get into arguments with my wife and kids because of how bad that Indiana game was going. Like it was just re- like viscerally tearing me apart to see the being behind. And it, it just has changed. And that's a good thing overall that we really have change our expectations that this team can do something great and it disappoints us even when you win sloppily. I mean, I agree with that, but I talked last week about these two teams always finding a way to play each other tough every year, it seems. One last year, 38 to 35 at home, almost the exact same outcome this year, only a difference of two points. It just, I, I don't know what it is about Indiana, but it always comes down to the last possession and who's got the ball. Uh, but there's there's a lot to look forward to and there's a lot to pull positive from this even if you didn't feel great about this win there is still a lot to pull because you got to remember we want a game despite not having a good bit of our core talent out there in this game right your projected first round draft pick in in duncan was out of the game uh he had personal reasons going on uh so your offensive line had to shuffle around guys you had glaze at left tackle anderson at right tackle branch over to right guard and they had a rotation at center with deary and harris so you got all that moving around on an offensive line. You lose your, you know, QB one. You've got this big question mark in QB two, which we talked about a lot at the beginning of the year. Last year, we felt like we had that security blanket at QB two. Uh, this year, we just yeah. weren't sure what we had in Billy Edwards. A lot uh, less proven than Udinsky was. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very small sample size of what he's looked like in game action. Uh, and then, obviously, in this game, you also don't have your starting cornerback in Jacorian Bennett, who was out due to an yeah. injury, uh, suffered, I guess, in the last play of practice on Thursday leading up to the game. You could probably let us know a little bit more about that, Ahmed. I didn't hear anything about it we, until we game all, day. Why is it you always need to end practice one play earlier? The Ravens <laughs> yeah, lost right? two, pl- two uh, knees in the God, last two plays of practice last have year. have like, to go down there again. Take the t- <laughs> take practice fifteen minutes shorter, everybody. It's always the last play, right? <laughs> I, what I would what I would do is just warm them up and then say, "All right, boys, that's it. Hit the showers and just do <laughs> film study the rest of the day." Right. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, from what I've heard is Jacorian Bennett's injury is uh, he's able to play through it. Um, you know, kind of might be obvious, and you know, kind of ways to um, protect him uh, for, for protect him from the upper body injury. Um, but uh, I think, again, like you guys said, obviously he was able to travel with the team um, mm-hmm. uh, last weekend. Um, so I think that there's there's a chance that he's able to play this weekend. Obviously, Loxley said that uh, both he and Ruben Hippolyte remain game time decisions. Uh, but uh, Jacorian is, is kind of the guy that maybe might be a little bit more progressed uh, along than, than Ruben so far. But um, just kind of going back to last weekend, I mean, I think like you guys said, I think, um, you know, the, the the conversation about QB two and whatnot. Um, I, I kind of feel like you know last weekend helped calm some nerves. And I know he was you know Belly Edwards was able to come in at the Michigan game and you know he was able to lead that touchdown on Maryland's last offensive drive of the game. Uh, but I feel like it was this weekend, even though he finished over three passing, it was just kind of the poise and uh, just the, the the uncertainty, I guess, just kind of with the situation for him to kind of come in and be able to stabilize and close out the win. I mean, at the time, Maryland was down. Uh, I believe it was 20. Yeah, uh, 20, yeah they, they were down. Um, so for him to, to come back and pull that off, uh, granted, you know, Indiana, not the most talented team in the Big Ten this year, but still, it's still a road win in the Big Ten. And I think... If there's any uh, anything to, to hang my head on, uh, just come watching that game. Uh, it's kind of watching Billy Edwards and feeling confident that he can get the job done. Yeah, I mean, but we were down, and 
everything seemed to be going wrong. Anything that could yeah. go wrong what yeah. did go wrong. I mean, I think about just that slant to rack on like the 10-yard line for a first down that hit him dead in both his hands and he dropped it. Like just anything that could go wrong in that game was happening. It just felt like we were destined to lose. And I don't they can tell the story how they want now. But I don't think anybody on that team thought they were going to win but Billy Edwards until he busted that 33-yard run for a first down. Like, that just kind of sparked the whole team. Like, oh, we do still have a game to play. Like, it's not over because we lost QB1. Like, and, and it's just the way it felt, you know, just from the casual observer. Yeah, no, it definitely felt that way. But it, at that point, you're just thinking, I don't give a shit what it looks like. I don't get a shit how we get there. Just get us the win, right? This was a game yeah. that we absolutely had to have. If you want to be bowl eligible, these are the games that you have to win. You have to figure out a way to win it. Uh, now that the game is over, now you have to kind of like look at what Billy Edwards means for the future, right? Because teams are going to be able to see what he can do on the ground now, right? And and teams are going to be game planning around a more mobile-style quarterback offense. So he's also got to be able to prove that he can throw the ball through the air. In this game, very small sample size. He was 0 for 3 through the air, uh, like we all talked about what he was able to do on the ground. Uh, but if he's going to be in place and if, if you know, Leah can't start this coming week, can he do enough to wheel the team through the air and, and get us to a victory? He looked pretty good in Charlotte in that run that he had. He, he had some good t- you know, plays there. He had the touchdown pass um, in that game. So, I mean, it's not like he hasn't done it against, of course, it's very different com- competition yeah. than the Big Ten. Um, but it was it was a good warm-up. And we we talked before this game that, like, it was surprising how many times we had seen him, but it could pay dividends. And I, even though the passing wasn't there, I think it did pay dividends for him to be in front of 110,000 people in Michigan. Like Ahmed said, like it did not mean that this Indiana, you know, stadium was too big for him. Like he had already been in it, not at the same situation, but he had been exposed to what the big 10 is and he was ready for it. He stepped up and took it as far as the game time decisions that we were talking about with, Ruben and Jacorian. I don't know how you guys would play it, but I just want to put my two cents out there. These guys shouldn't be on the field, but they should be available because you need this six win. This is a game. So I kind of look at this as what like the Saints did last week where they brought back their quarterback in a backup position, emergency role. Yep. I would have Ruben and Jacorian dressed and on a bench somewhere. And you're only coming in if we have a dire necessity need. Like that's just the way I, think, I look at. It. I want to get your guys' take. I that. think you're absolutely right. They did that two weeks ago with Ruben uh, against Purdue. Like we talked about, they used him really only in like short yardage and 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 red zone situations. I understand what you're saying. Maybe not even do that in this not game. That, yeah. Only use them in absolute emergency situations, or if you get to a point where you have to make a stop because you need it to win a game type of thing, then you put these guys in. I get that, and uh, I think. I think it it would bode well for this team because this is, again, a game against Northwestern. We'll talk about it, but it's a game that we should win on paper. We should, you know, should win even without those guys. But I think having that insurance policy of having them dressed makes a lot of sense. Would be nice to have them dressed because there's a lot of things that can go wrong. This is and I I think that's fair. I mean, I think um, I'm just kind of worried about the the depth in the secondary. And that's kind of why I think yeah. that a guy like Jacorian, um, and especially, you know, if, if, you know, let's say he is that emergency guy and he has to go in in the fourth quarter, you know, he, he he's, he's not fresh or he, or sorry, he is fresh, but he's not like, you know, warmed up and, you know, in rhythm with the game. Um, and that's kind of the only thing that maybe I have concern about from that regard, but I, I mean, I, I get it. Um, you know, just kind of going into the bye, you kind of want to be a little bit extra cautious. Um, 
and uh, I think that, that you know Loxy's kind of you know he's talked about it. Just you know these guys kind of going through warm ups and um, you know they're they're very you know like tactical and and calculated with how you know how, how much they're gonna these guys are gonna be able to play and things like that. Um, the only thing I worry about with Ruben kind of you know playing through it if maybe he's not very close to 100 percent uh 75 whatnot is that he's he's kind of you know that linebacker where maryland's able to you know obviously they have jay sean now but that explosive linebacker that has the athleticism that can cover well in space good has the athleticism to cover downfield uh if need be um now i don't expect to see any of that against northwestern um and i think the fact that maybe jay sean can kind of fill that role you know if need be uh that 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 kind of helps but um just just kind of worried about you know ruben um Reaggravating it essentially, and clearly that's what happened because they used him in red zone opportunities in the one game, and they didn't use him at all the next. So it it had to get worse. It's, there's no reason to not right. <laughs> that like you know they don't they don't tell us anything about injuries, but if you play yeah. six snaps and then zero, it got worse. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, right? If they're looking at the schedule the same way that we're looking at the schedule, they probably saw Indiana and Northwestern as winnable games. Purdue was that like, hey, if we're going to get the seven wins, if we're going to get the eight wins, like we need this game. So we'll use them in certain situations if the game dictates it and we can get to that point where we can secure the bag. You know what I mean? Secure the win. Uh, and they, they, like I said, they probably just with Indiana assumed that they weren't going to be in a position where it would be this tight. We were and, so deep into that secondary. I, I when, when we had one of the safeties go down, I was like, what in the hell is going on? I, I guess Isaiah Hazel's the only safety we have left on record. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't, it was just kind of shaking my head. Like how many bodies we have left. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think also, you know, kind of Ruben, you know, kind of playing, uh, playing one week and then not, not playing last week, obviously against Indiana. Um, one distinction is also just home game versus away game home game. You not worried about travel. You're just going, you know, from, you know, your apartment to the dorm night before, and then you're able to, to prepare, um, you know, travel, you know, you're only able to travel so many players. Uh, there's obviously, you know, just the, the process of traveling and, and, um, that's a good just, point. Like, yeah. So that, that's, that's one distinction. Um, and I think that's kind of, that did kind of play a hand into, um, you know, you're allotting, you know, let's say Ruben for that one one of X amount of spots and he gets up there, he's 50-50 and then he can't give it a go. Well, you know, you weren't able to bring someone else like uh, maybe uh, obviously different position, but like uh, TJ Butler or Bam Booker, a guy like that that can maybe possibly fill in uh, in that regard. So um, think, I think that's one distinction. But uh, so that's why I'm a little bit more optimistic that we'll see Ruben this week. And again, I, I think even if we do see him, definitely won't be you know like starting playing 20 30 snaps like very I think, limited role think uh, yeah i mean what i'd heard I, like when he first came back from the injury like i expected it to be you know he's kind of eased in and whatnot but i mean i've heard he's been dealing with a significant amount of pain obviously Noxia ended up revealing it was a high ankle sprain today and you know those kinds of things that just kind of take time so yeah. that's kind of why i, I yeah, think he shouldn't even, have been until next week <laughs> yeah and, with and, a high I, ankle sprain. and exactly even even if he plays a little bit you know he'll have uh he'll have an, an extra week to to kind of recover and i expect we have to get a lot healthier after the bye week. That'd be great. Well, stick, <laughs> sticking with Indiana real quick, uh, another player in this game that had a huge game, our player of the game offensively, Roman Hemby. Uh, it just continues to stack game after game. 17 carries for 107, 107 yards, one touchdown. Also had four catches for 25 yards in this game. Uh, has the second most yards from scrimmage of any freshman in the country right now with 727. Uh, the leader at Ole Miss has 778, but that was on 21 more touches, so he's got a little bit more action involved. Yeah, a little less competition in that backfield to get those touches. <laughs> right. Well, so this is this is such a good thing. This I'll be honest with you. Like at this point of the year, 
the running unit, like I understood that these were a bunch of guys with talent, but we just didn't know what we had in them. They have been a very pleasant surprise. And in the situation that we're in right now, if Leah is going to miss any time, we need to be relying on these guys. And it gives me a little bit more comfort knowing what kind of talent we have at running back right now. Yeah, I'd like to see that like Navy triple wishbone, put Littleton <laughs> and Hemby in the backfield with Edwards. And it's like, where are you going to go? We're, we're running to every side. Find where the ball went. Right. <laughs> Billy could probably run that kind of an offense really he well. Too. Could. <laughs> he could. He could. Um, yeah. And I actually when and I wrote because uh, Hemby was also named uh, to the athletics freshman All-American team for, for the season list. Nice. Um, and I was just, you know, just writing about it and, you know, kind of looking up the stats and whatnot. And I didn't realize you know, he's, I mean, he's doing very well among yeah. the freshmen. He's obviously, like you said, obviously sitting second most yards from scrimmage of any FBS freshman was the first running back in 25 years to have 150 rushing yards, 50 receiving yards in the same game. Uh, fifth in the Big Ten in yards per carry. I mean, I think that uh, especially this week against Northwestern, you know, a guy like that is who you kind of want to lean on. But yeah, I mean, the rushing attack has been... Um, uh, in my eyes, has been the biggest surprise, or maybe most pleasant surprise. Absolutely, this year. Hemby Hemby has more than done uh, done enough to make a name for himself. For sure, it's like we were just like either just completely over our heads about our predictions or what it was. But we looked at the season and saw this offensive line is going to be dominant. We're bringing everybody back. Was, the offensive line has been good, don't get me wrong, but they haven't been what we thought they would be. Yeah. Kalia, we thought it was going to be like a world record setting yeah. year. We He's thought he'd good, throw for 4,000 yards. Yeah, it's not what we thought it was going to be. The wide receivers copeland's better than we thought he was going to be maybe and get the group together still is not what we thought Hold it was on be. to that point real quick do you know who the leading receiver is on this team if i asked you without looking it up digest yep i was gonna say i can't answer that because i know the answer yep. <laughs> Corey deitches with 25 catches 346 yards now i'm, I'm not trying to like downplay on the wide receivers multiple times this year it has it's changed a lot this <laughs> it was year sean jones for a long time right and we've It'll got be at some I point i <laughs> think we have five guys over 20 catches right now so i mean it just goes to show that this offense and leah has just been spreading the ball around but you thought there'd be that one guy you know one or two guys it really just stood out of the pack over top of everybody but it hasn't been that way and there and we just thought also each game there would be one guy but right. like each game there's just a bunch it's of a dudes bunch that of did dudes. okay, <laughs> yeah. like, which is good on Leah's part, but still, the, the the yards have been great. Of course, I'm not downplaying. I mean, he's still set the record for the most 300-yard pass, but it's not what we thought. But what is greater than we thought, like you said, is this running back core. We were like, is the running back core going to have enough to, to support this passing game? They're so much better than we thought they were going to be. Like, light years ahead of where we thought we were going to be. Every even even get down at Littleton's better, Hemby's better, McDonald's still doing fine when he gets his touches. He just can't yeah. get on there with how good they are. Roman, you know, Brown is looking good when he gets his touches. There is depth and youth just all over the place. It scares me to get to the offseason because somebody's not gonna stay. And I don't You're such a worry wart. I don't want any of them to leave. There's, <laughs> but there's so many people that are so close in age and so good. You don't know you that, that that's, that's happy. You don't know that that's also <laughs> going to happen. I mean, we've we've had you know running back by committee with very good running backs, all of which had NFL and put them shots. All in the league. And we yeah exactly put them all in the league, so we could see that type of path happen with so. these guys too. I mean, I know it's a little easier now than it was before, but 
Uh, I, I listen. I think that this is going to be again in this Northwestern game coming up, which we'll talk about, and moving forward. If Lee is not going to be available, the shoulders of the running backs are going to get real heavy, and it's nice to know you've got three or even four options that you can rotate. McDonald, like you said, is probably going to get a little bit more carry. Ramon Brown, he's going to get a little bit more carry, and they're going to need to do that to move the chains. I think with Billy Edwards at quarterback. Yeah, let's not expose our our QB and these QB sneak type situation stuff either, because it's we're back to Nigerian at at, at this <laughs> point, which I I love me some Nigerian. He did well the one time, but look, we're already getting lucky getting this deep in the QB room. Let's keep this man healthy <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's kind of the the you know the perfect recipe for Maryland kind of going into this week. Um, you know, I think Billy capable, and like I said before, you know, I think all he we really need from him is uh, to see a game manager. I think the the receiving uh the passing attack can do enough. Uh but the big plays from the running game, um, I mean, we've had all we've had three different running backs now run for uh hundred yards in a game uh multiple times. I think Hemby's done it three times this year. Um so yeah, it it just feels like, you know, at the end of the day, just run the ball uh and pound it down their throats and then just, you know, RPO. Uh yeah. and that that should be the recipe. Um I mean it's Pretty, pretty evident to me. And, you know, you don't really see a Northwestern defense like this that kind of struggles. But uh, I think Maryland does match up both on both sides of the ball very well. In this Indiana game, I do want to give Fred a a, a tip of the hat because uh, it was a bold call. It was a bold (laughs) call. We ended up having nine receivers with catch in this game. And his call was Demas with two touchdowns. Demas does find the end zone once. And he Almost would have like. gotten that second touchdown if he wasn't absolutely mugged yeah. on another yeah. non-call bullshit refs hate us moment <laughs> in the game. Bro, I, I, I'm just giving Fred credit. Demas had two touchdowns in that game, and that was one <laughs> hell of a call. Yeah, well, yeah, everybody finds a ball. You know, blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again, right? So uh, I think the 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 more pleasant surprise for me, we talk about pleasant surprise, we talked about the running backs and whatnot, and we talked about like how the, the, the receivers, have. there hasn't been that one or two guys that have stood out of the crowd. But one guy who's unexpectedly played really good, uh, especially in the passing game this year, which to me wasn't expected this season. Another one we were wrong about. Yep. (laughs) CJ Dupree gets his second touchdown on the year uh, and a play he apparently called. He said, listen, you know, if they come in on you, I'm going to be out in the flat wide open. And 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 apparently it worked because he obviously made a uh, another uh, you know big play for a touchdown. And it just continues week after week. He gets a little bit more confident, a little bit more. Uh, involved in the game and and they were even talking about him on the uh, on the uh, on the actual audio broadcast they were saying that he's got that prototypical NFL tight end body yeah. and he's got that prototypical NFL game he's starting to see it round out because yeah. for a while there all he was was a blocker and it's good to this see is him what he involved. needed to climb draft boards because he yep. was already there on the blocking he was already a top level executor when it came to that so yep. to see him get this kind of not only the hands because he could have been a guy that caught the ball and fell over for 10 yards yep. and still made the league with as good a blocking is but the athleticism that he's shown in the open field afterwards it's it we, we we talked about it how it was a liability to have him only be able to do one let's he's he's proven he's us proven wrong, that wrong. he is yeah. he's definitely taking a leap in that in that department yeah i think he did the soft hands have been on full display and obviously just kind of putting him in the open field he, i think he has what two hurdles this year so far yep. <laughs> um so yeah it's been it's been pretty impressive um and i think it's kind of i mean 
I think we all kind of knew what Corey Dutchers was was capable of, but uh, I think we you know maybe expected to see a little bit more Weston Wolf. But I mean, CJ Debris has done a, a really good job and and kind of um, has been able to you know be that primary tight end opposite of Dutchers uh, really since the spring, and I feel like he's kind of proven exactly that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, on the other side of things, uh, I hate bringing this up because I feel like it's it's a weekly conversation. We talk about it every week, but it still hasn't gotten better. The penalties continuing to be a big issue. Nine for 94 yards. Now, listen, I understand your 50 problem, Fred. I get it. 50 50. I get it. I understand the refs aren't doing us any favors here. Some of these penalties are not our fault in any kind of way. We're breathing on people and they are molesting (laughs) Demas in an end zone by himself. I know. I get it. But at the end of the day, you kind of control what you can control the self-inflicted yeah. problems you can't have it defensively it's allowed for extended drives and teams to stay in games that they shouldn't be in uh so it's it's got to get cleaned up and I, I just don't i don't understand how they can do such a good job in that michigan game and then take five steps backwards and i granted i know the refs were keeping their flags in their pocket in that michigan both game them. on both yeah. sides i understand that but and it was so nine. fun to watch just, yeah <laughs> it was it was, so it was but nine penalties man it's it's got to get cleaned up yeah i mean it's been a consistent issue and it's pretty wild that uh the michigan game um looking back that they only had one right it kind of kind of kind of feels like what the hell happened that day <laughs> um so yeah I, I and you know what the penalties have been uh the biggest on-field issue under 100%. the loxley era um, and i'm not out here it's been consistent I'm not out here letting the Terps off the hook. Like, there were some bad ones. There was the third and four for Billy Edwards on his first drive. You get a false start, make it third and nine, and just, like, completely crush any hope of him getting going on that first drive. There was the on our goal line, we left 10 people out there, which, by the way, is the dumbest penalty in the history of time, always when you don't have enough people to defend the other team and we get a penalty. Like, I gave them an advantage. But anyway, that one was actually offsides because they were running the 11th man on, so that's fine. But to have 10 and get a penalty has always bothered me in, in football. But these are coaching problems in, on that on the transition, I guess. Or are they player problems? It's got to be figured out, that one. The false starts are clearly the offensive line issue. That's been a thing that they have to fix. But it's these other ones. It's the pass interferences. It's the Can we talk about the punt? My God, has anyone yeah. ever seen a penalty on a punt give the ball back to the offense that wasn't roughing the kicker? It's the only thing in the world. Yeah. That gives Um, the ball back to the offense is roughing the kicker. Yep. I've been watching football for 30 years. I put out a tweet. Anyone show me anything. And everyone's like, never seen that in my life. People that weren't even Maryland fans, never seen that in my life. Not in any level of football. Like that. Where did that come from? I was so confused when that happened. So confused when that happened. Um, Because like (laughs) like you said, like you said, I did not know that was a thing. Right. Uh, But I guess that happened because it happened before the, the punt went off i think that was the rationale that was their, yeah, their bullshit I mean, rationale but i and i guess that somehow makes it like pass interference kind of because you could have been doing a fake punt but like come on what are you talking about and then also again it's one of those calls just like the interception where 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 we they called the ball back and gave the ball back to the offense where without going to review you take the slimmest chance thing like that interception happened before or the personal foul happened before the interception, even though the personal foul happened after the ball went over his head. How do you know that in that millisecond? Right. This, this, the punt takes three seconds. 
How do you know that that hold was in that three second window? Like, I just, it's unbelievable. Now, if you can go to review and decide that and hand it back, if that's really part of the rule yeah. book, sure. But there's a reason it's never, you never see it because how can you even determine? How can you see the hold, look over the foot and see whether the ball's in the air? Yeah. That's insane. Yep. It's insane. So call the penalty, back us up to the five yard line and have it be our ball. I'm cool. Yep. Like, I'm still going to be like, damn, what a penalty. But like, how do you change a game like that? I, the refs are controlling games, yep. controlling games. That one in the Tarib still pass interference call, I think, were the two that stood out to me the most in this game. It was, I mean, he never even made physical contact with the guy at all. Nah, and, no, and, he didn't. And, and the guy, he said the your referee, mother to him, and that was a pass interference. I don't understand. The referee <laughs> that threw the flag was completely shielded by the wide receiver, so there was no way he could have seen any contact behind him. He just assumed, ah, oh, he's too close to him. Let me throw the flag. <laughs> it made no fucking sense. I, it pissed me off because I'm all for, like, hey, if there's contact, and the cornerback didn't get his head around whatever throw the flag that's that's textbook pass interference he never touched him like nowhere near him it just, just made just, no sense we weren't allowed to stand right there yeah friend. right you're too I, close I, what i what i just don't understand is how that gets called on still and then the demis that that right was completely right. hugging that, him and tearing yeah. him to the ground by both hands exactly and it's just <laughs> it's just the lack of consistency honestly that there's just kind of um, <sighs> it's kind of a tough pill for me to you know swallow Right. But uh, the good news is we have the third sideline being installed in the stadium. <laughs> Everyone see my tweet out there. We have we have the new sideline for the uh, the refs. So hopefully they'll be on our team now. Yeah, and we yeah. gave them a new house to live in. Right. <laughs> Each week, got to play against two teams. Just the it's way it is. Got to learn to deal with it. It is what it is. So on the defensive side of the ball, I think the highlight for me, not only in this game, but man, it's been this year. Uh, has the team's been able to get some turnovers this year, right? Two interceptions at the beginning of each half in this game between Still and Banks in this game. You also had the fumble recovery by uh, Mo Kite. Three turnovers. Now this is back-to-back weeks with three turnovers. Good, good sign for things to come with this defense. Yeah, it's been super impressive. I mean, uh, the first couple weeks of the season, uh, especially, you know, against those first two, um, we brought up, you know, lack of turnovers and yeah. lack of sacks. I know I think they had four against Buffalo and then one against Charlotte. Um, but those were, were kind of two things that, you know, it was a concern that Maryland wasn't doing against inferior opponents. And then, uh, like you said, you know, last couple of weeks being able to reel off back to back weeks of three turnovers, I thought was very impressive. And to kind of see flashes in the pass rush and, and off the edge generate pressure, I thought that was good. Um, and then, uh, yeah, didn't expect it to be the, uh, was it the first? It was the first court, uh, interception of the season for both Tar Heapstill yeah. and Deontay Banks. Yeah. Uh, so, so not sure that I expected that, but uh, definitely, definitely uh, encouraging to see. Yeah, I would celebrate real hard on that Banks interception. I was like, oh, my God. He, he finally catch. caught Holy it. Holy God. <laughs> he has hands. Those are the same <laughs> thing. That's funny. <laughs> uh, so he's had multiple just hit him right down in the hands and fall to the ground this year. So I was like, ah, oh, good. <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned uh, sacks also being a point of emphasis this year, right? Well, right now you got 11 different players who recorded a sack this year, which is good enough for third in the country. Jay Sean Barham, as you mentioned, uh, he was named a freshman All-American. Uh, it leads the team with three sacks. It was named to the the midseason freshman All-American team. Uh, All -American team. Um, Barham, Hemby, now both freshmen on both sides of the ball, dominating. I mean, we all kind of expected Barham to come in and be impactful, but I think he's played a little bit above in his first year, uh, even what I expected from him. 
I mean, he's all over the field. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny. Uh, it was after the Purdue game. Doran Chami got asked. Um, and he was like, yeah, I knew he was going to be good when he came in here. He came in here. He was big as hell. So uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was just kind of funny. I mean, he's, big as hell. You know, he kind of kind of just puts his head down and works. Uh, and it does it very well. Very quiet. Very reserved. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's explosive. And I think the the praise that he drew from out of high school going into the season um he's he's lived up to it in my eyes he's uh definitely the, the next building block on this defense yeah again another thing we were wrong about like this defense has played much better than we gave it credit for yeah, yeah. we we truly thought we were going to be in shootouts because our defense just didn't quite have the pieces and again after the the non-conference schedule we thought maybe we were right maybe that's the way it was going to go but they turned to switch a lot of their young players are playing a lot so it makes sense why they've been able to grow into this position um but yeah they have been head and heels over what i thought they were going to be and uh unfortunately we haven't been able to pay them off with some surprise wins they've given us abilities to be in uh but i think if they just keep playing the way they are this will still be one hell of a season yeah yeah, and I think the rush defense, that's another thing that's been a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, they had, what, they allowed 13 to Purdue and 36 to Indiana, and that what you were saying, right? Yeah. yeah Unreal. Like no yards at all. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's been good. And and I think the front seven, you know, especially the defensive line, they they needed something out of Daron and Chami. So I don't think it's a surprise that, you know, last two weeks, especially against Purdue, I, haven't, I think he had two sacks, but yep. um, forced fumble as well. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that, they've kind of seen an uptick in, in production when Najami's, you know, able to produce. Yeah. They said it was uh second best in the FBS, but for some reason they only did it in like three game series. So that included the Michigan state game that we allowed almost 150 yards. So yeah. if we have another good game into this, we will definitely not be in second anymore. Well, it shows a marked <laughs> improvement. I mean, we had, we had obviously struggles against Michigan against the run, struggles against Michigan State against the run but these last two weeks it seems like we've we've figured it out uh defensively especially up front so that's a good sign again you're you're creating turnovers you're eliminating one ass, asset of the of the offense by stopping the run uh that bodes well especially as the schedule gets tougher here towards the end of the year uh and, and exactly and Michigan obviously i mean they they did a great job establishing the run uh but you know they they ran for over 400 yards on Penn State last exactly. weekend. Exactly. So. so it wasn't um, an us thing. They're just very good yeah. at running the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're they they're very two very good backs. Yeah. Before we move out the defense, big shout out to McClellan. He has been so much better than we thought it would be in replace of 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 um. Wow, my man, Ruben Hippolyte. Uh, it and I believe he was the one that forced that fumble that Mokite got as well. Another big moment for him but he's been high up there on the tackle list been all over the field much better replacement level player than we ever thought we were getting out of him so hats off to him it's been it's been wonderful to see yeah he's been a pretty reliable piece as an inside backer i think uh just maybe moving inside kind of helped uh you know get 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 acclimated a little bit get settled in and it's obviously kind of bringing out his best traits so yeah he's been a very good uh, piece in the rotation on the special team side of things, I think we thought it was just going to be a Chad Ryland conversation every week when we talked about special teams. We just assumed it would be that way. Uh, it but, felt like he was never going to miss. Yeah, It just really felt like it was never going to happen. <laughs> and as soon as he started missing, it's been like, okay, he's human. I mean, there's been no bad misses, right. but he's human now. Yeah. He's two of them are 50 now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy, the stark improvement from last year. Because last year, I mean, that's all we did was harp on special teams with just how bad they were in pretty much every facet, right? 
Uh, but Chad Ryland obviously changes it in the kicking game. But I think more importantly, we found our kick returner of the future. Freshman Octavian Smith, man, he looks great back there. Another good game. Four returns for 120 yards, including a 54-yarder, uh, averaging 30 yards a return in this game. Leads the and is it the Big Ten in average right now, Ahmed? I think. Big Ten. Yeah, Big Ten. that's pretty freaking impressive, man, for a freshman. Yeah. Yeah, and Tarheep still leads the Big Ten in uh, punt returns, too. That's great. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I expected either. But yeah, I mean. From just, what we had last Right. <laughs> it all turned yeah. at that pinstripe bowl. It all changed. Yeah. It did. It did. <laughs> That's it did. one, Ryan. And, That's one. And I, and I think, uh, um, yeah, obviously, Ryland being able to kick the ball further on kickoffs kind of yeah. helps, you know, the coverage units and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, special teams has really looked good. Uh, outside linebacker coach, special teams coach, uh, James Thomas Jr. doing a heck of a job. Uh, in his year one as position coach there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Octavian feels like he's probably had, what, three, four returns so far this year where you, yeah. you, you kind of watch him get to the 30, 35, and you're like, holy shit, you got a one guy, one guy yeah. to beat, man. You, you it's been it. multiple it. times where that you don't usually see somebody yeah. get a 50-yard return or a 40-yard return. You see them get 10 to 20 or 100. Yeah. He's been very unlucky getting these like last last saving tackles. I was going to say, even the week before that, I think he had what was like a 45 or 45. Something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. like, it's like, how does somebody catch you at that point? Yeah. You've already yeah. ran past him once. And it's, <laughs> and you know what? It's a great call by Ahmed because even before the season start, Ahmed said, hey, listen, this is a guy that more than likely is going to burn his red shirt and for good reason. At the time, I questioned it. I thought, man, they're so deep we're at wide so receiver. Deep. Why would they need it? But for, forget what he's brought as a receiver just in what he brings in special teams as a returner just to have that threat and to have some actual hands back there that hangs on to the ball uh is a, is a huge improvement so it's it's been well worth him burning his red shirt this in, year in a similar point i mean not that rakim jarrett needs anything else to be praised on because he is a very good receiver uh maybe not what we thought he was gonna be this year but one of the best gunners on punt return i have ever seen this guy is on the coverage in a flash and if he gets his fingers on you you're not getting rid of him i have seen he's made some absolute helicopter type tackles on coverage units and it's been really impressive to watch for sure for sure all right so sticking with special teams though we do have to give credit to the punters as well because both punters in this game colton spangler and Ant pecorella both had good days spangler with three punts for 120 yards he had the one inside the 20 peck with two punts both inside the 20 including one downed on the one yard line love to see peck finally getting a chance to get an opportunity out there and and him to thrive in what he is a, that's basically his specialty getting guys down inside the 20 be 20 being that accurate punter uh we saw that on display in this game yeah he basically rolled that ball to a stop on the one and i yeah. was really nervous on the the down on that one the player kind of <laughs> stepped backwards with the ball i don't know if you caught that yeah. but i was like oh my it felt very last year it felt very <laughs> much like i stood inside the end zone and picked the ball up <laughs> <laughs> so luckily he was six inches far enough forward that that didn't happen but yeah there was some ptsd <laughs> from the 2021 season creeping up because i was like no why were you why why did the ball knock you over don't step backwards <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it's uh, again, it's it's just it's crazy to see how much improvement this unit has had this year. And and you can see the effect that it has on this team uh, just in flipping the field and, and giving the defense, you know, better field position to start with the, the 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 whole nine yards. They've just been a very, very good unit and a fun unit to watch this year. That was a huge moment to pin them into the one. That's 100% we took our first yeah. lead late with Billy Edwards at quarterback yep. like or, or, or not. Right before we took our first lead, it was yeah. it was when we had to turn over because the the false start on the third and nine. 
and and it was just a huge moment to pin them back, got the ball back quickly, scored, and defense took care of their job with the turnover. Everything turned right. in that moment. Like that punt was like the beginning of what we why we won. <laughs> Exactly. All right, so yeah. let's shift gears, man. Let's let's look at uh, Northwestern. I know we talked a little bit about it already, but let's dive into this game a little bit deeper. Northwestern right now comes in at one and five overall, one and two in the conference with a win coming over Nebraska early on in the year. Uh, right now, Vegas has Maryland favored by thirteen and a half. Now, I, I'm curious if that is with them thinking Leah is going to be quarterbacking, or <laughs> if uh, you know if Billy Edwards is going to be quarterbacking. Over under set at fifty two and a half right now. Uh, you always put the impl- implied score of around 33 to 20 in this in this game. Uh, I like 13 and a half, even with Billy Edwards at the quarterback. I think we can win this game by two touchdowns or more. So I, I'm actually taking Maryland with this and the points. Giving the <laughs> I, points. I, I hope you're, I, I hope you're right. I, um, do. I think it will probably be closer than that, but uh, I just because the ball is going to be on the ground. So I don't think the clock's going to run. We're going to run out of time to score more points. I do think we'll win handedly, but you know, we'll see. We'll get, we'll get into the reasons why. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, um, I, I think, you know, Maryland with the points and then probably the under, uh, I think that, that probably, uh, good parlay if we're going to do better. Hey, but, yeah. We tried the parlay against Charlotte. It almost hit. I mean, it was going to pay real well. There you go. There you go. But yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll dive in. Yeah. So I know they've got some questions at quarterback. Uh, last week, they had two of their quarterbacks play. I don't know if Holinsky went down with an injury. What was the situation there? Did they, just, they were just getting their ass kicked? That's what it was. I mean, it was bad. It was what? 42 yeah. to seven or something like that. Yeah. It was, I think 41 seven. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been, it's pretty wild to think that they got the week one win in Dublin and, uh, it's been just downhill since They're just then. not good yeah. in America. I'm just, no. I'm just <laughs> yeah. They did hang kind of close with Penn state 17 to seven, which makes me feel even better about our chances against Penn state and the loss of Penn state just had to Michigan where they got absolutely shell. I mean, they, sh- they should have been blown out in that game even worse in the first half. I don't know how the fuck they stayed in it in the first half of that game. I don't know if you watched it or not, yeah. but uh, they still got shellacked by Michigan. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. Yeah. We got to <laughs> win this one before <laughs> I feel win good about one. that. But yes, after we win this game by over 13 and a half, me and you, can have that conversation on here that i'll feel a lot better about going into penn state for sure for sure all right so uh what are you guys expecting this game is there anybody like is there that one guy there's always seems to be that one guy that we need to worry about any names that we need to to be aware of in this game well the biggest name's got to be evan hall i mean evan hall is their running back Uh, he leads them in rushing clearly as their running back he also leads the team in receiving um he had an absolutely insane game against Duke with 213 uh, receiving yards as well as 65 yards on the ground. Um, so that's wow. basically why he leads the team in receiving is from one game versus Duke. Uh, but Evan Hall, 5'11", 210 pounds. He's number 26 for your playbooks. Um, and he he looks like a real deal. The The only talent, well, the number one talent that I would be worried about beating us. Yeah, Evan Hall is definitely the the primary guy to get primary guy to know for Northwestern, um, and I think it kind of starts with him uh, being able to just kind of limit his overall production. Um, I did think it was kind of wild that uh, Northwestern they actually have the uh, fourth best uh, passing attack in the uh, Big Ten. Uh, not something that I expected uh, kind of going into this matchup, but uh, yeah, I mean statistically, you know, they're kind of in the bottom 
four, bottom three of uh, every category, scoring yards, rushing. Uh, so it's uh, it's not has not been a good season. So uh, I think if you're kind of able to to limit that production, um, then you know you're you're on a on a good path so far. If they have the fourth best passing attack in the Big Ten. That speaks badly about the Big Ten and the rest of the competition as far as passing goes. Because I mean, this guy well, what Holinsky's what one forty one for two forty four. 57.8% completion percentage, six touchdowns, six interceptions, a little over 1,500 yards. I don't know. Nothing seems real impressive about that to me anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's they have two. two. Evan Hall is one of two uh, players for him that has over 30 catches. Malik Washington, he's the other guy. He's got 34 catches for 376 yards. But, you know, both Washington and Hall, they only have uh, one receiving touchdown this year. Wow. But, um, yeah, I think it is pretty wild. I definitely wasn't, when I was just kind of looking at the stats last week, I didn't expect uh, and it was only looking it up uh, seven, eighteen, roughly eighteen yards more uh, Maryland throws through the air per game than, than compared to Western. So wow. I like definitely wasn't some, expecting that. It's wow. one of those artificial stats too, because they've been down every minute of every exactly. game, so they have to exactly. throw the ball. It's kind of like last year when our our rush defense looked good because everyone could throw against us. Yeah. Like <laughs> they never bothered running the ball. Uh, so it's. Uh, I hope. I hope that's what it is. But, I mean, you just look at the scores. I mean, they lost every game. They've lost every game handily of outside of the, the Duke game. And even that, Duke's 31-23. I don't even know who SIU is. They got their butt kicked 31-24. Miami of Ohio them? kicked their butt. Se- or not even kicked their butt, but 17 versus 14 against Miami of Ohio. Yeah. And, they, and, and those are at home. Right. Yeah. I, I, they can only win in Dublin. So, unless we're moving this from College Park to Dublin, I, we're going to be okay. Well, but again, you know, it, it and it, it hate to say it, and I hate to sound so so cliche, but you know, it goes back to to use Loxie's quote, "Terps versus Terps," and that's why it's not really yeah. coach speak because at the end of the day, it's really all about execution. And so the reason we lost to, to Purdue, people. we did not do Terps versus Terps. We did not and take care of our business. They they didn't. The could, reason, they did not beat us. <laughs> reason why last week was close. I mean, it really shouldn't have been, even with all those guys out. Um, Maryland still is more talented than Indiana, um, so. Again, you know, if, if these miscues and if these unforced errors, I mean, you're third and four at, at midfield and then get a false start, third and nine at, at the, your yeah. own 45. And uh, I mean, those are the kinds of things that they just change the game and does has no impact on how good Northwestern's doing or what they're scheming. Um, so I think this is this is kind of an opportunity. If Maryland can play a clean game, they could probably wrap this up by halftime. So you oh, mentioned so. they brought in the quarterback because they're getting <laughs> their butt kicked, but they brought in this quarterback, Brendan Sullivan. He's a sophomore QB, a year younger than Helensky. Uh, he came into this Wisconsin game 11 for 17. Not great, but still better than the percentage of, of the guy in front of him um, for, for 114 yards and then 10 rushes on the ground for 33. Not great, but at least he's running the ball because Helensky is basically a statue that we can tee off on. Does it scare you at all that there might be a quarterback controversy, especially coming out of a bye week that we might not know who we're playing, that they may have to so have you, been practicing? The for other thing you have to take into consideration there, too, is a 42-7 to blowout win. Who did Wisconsin really have out there defending, too? You know what I mean? That's the other thing that you have to – did they have their two? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and say I watched this really yeah. boring game. <laughs> 42 to 7 that was not part of my research here yeah <laughs> i don't know um, I, don't, I don't i don't think there is 
right. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. The pessimist the the is the over day. here scared. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I think I think at the end of the day, it's going to be you know, Alinsky's going to be the guy that gets out there, and again, I think I think Maryland kind of matches up well, so so not not too too concerned about it. Well, again, if their main guy is a running back that we have to worry about in Evan Hall, and the way our run defense has played as of late over the last couple of games, I like the way that we stack up. The biggest question mark is going to be obviously the health of Talia. Does he play this week or not? Because coaches talked about him being a game time decision, which if he was, they said he was a game time decision and he wasn't out there practicing. I would automatically assume that he's not playing and that this is just what they're going to do. This is what they do every week. They're just going to say that it's, you know, game time decision when he's really not playing, but he was out there actually throwing passes and he was out there practicing a little bit with the team this year. Do you have a feeling any which way, Ahmed, whether he's going to play this week? Billy the kid. Billy the kid. Billy okay. The kid. All right. I mean, the and that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. You got the bye week next week. You need as much rest time. Give him the rest time. This is going to be the weakest opponent that we play in the Big Ten. Why not? Yep. And, uh, go, go ahead, Ryan. I, I just think with Billy the kid, if I'm Locks, I'm trying to show as little tape as possible. We've already got more out there than we probably wanted to. Locks probably wants to go back in time and take away the time he let him play against Charlotte. Take away the time he let him play against Michigan. Because <laughs> yeah. there is a little bit of tape now on this guy but if i was them i would try to win this game 100 percent on the ground that's what I was i'm saying. not saying billy edwards cannot throw the ball i think he can i think that he showed in charlotte but i don't want penn state having any look at this kid in case he is the dude two weeks from now in penn state i don't want them having nothing i want to come out there let him run a full offense against penn state for the first time ever and have their heads spinning for two quarters so i'm if it's me, I'm playing the long game until they prove me I can't. I'm putting all my my horses out there, and I'm running the ball every freaking play until they make me throw it. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Um, and kind of you know just going going back to the you know quarterback and and kind of um, I, I think everyone can kind of speak you know we're on the same page that when we saw the injury we were expecting probably season ending. Yeah. Um, and I remember uh, on Sunday just calling around. <laughs> we're, so I, I, it. It. we're so yeah, used I mean, to it. We're so used to it. <laughs> I mean, just hold, holding the knee like that, and I saw him the week or after the Purdue game. Um, he was, I mean, he was notice or uh, noticeably limping. Um, so I kind of figured that you know, especially he gets that second hit, same leg. I, I, I thought he was on. It looked moment. bad. Um, and then Sunday, I, I called a lot of people. Logan, I'll give him a shout out. Logan Delizio, my guy on the site. Um, he texted me right after the game, probably thirty minutes after kickoff or right after the game ended. It was like there, I don't think that Leah tore anything, and. I was calling around, you know, it didn't sound like, obviously, he didn't end up tearing anything, but everything I heard was kind of in line with just get through this week and then reassess from there. I mean, that's when game time decision becomes true. At the end of the day, um, Leah's out there. Uh, he's able to kind of throw a warm up a little bit, but from everything I've heard, Billy's getting... Yeah, Ruben's been a game time decision for four weeks and he's gotten six snaps. So like game time decision doesn't mean anything. Right. And Locks has said as much in the inter- in the interviews until the rest of the Big Ten coaches say something other than game time decision. I'm going to tell you it's a game time decision. Like, but the, he, so he, he did. He did also say, I think it was think you think he said it some some version of it today on Thursday. And then he said it earlier in this week. Uh, I mean, like guys, guys like Ruben, you know, that that's. That's something, you know, at the end of the day, like if he's progressing all week and he's able to practice through the week and obviously, you know, he oh, if there's things that, you know, are going to potentially re-aggravate it, he'll come out and he'll get treatment and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, Saturday morning he gets up and, you know, it's just like, you know, getting loose and how does it feel? Like, are you able to have that mobility? Um, 
And if he's not like those are like Jacorian, like I've I genuinely view those guys as like true game time decisions. Now there's gonna be an ultimate field. I've kind of posted on the site, you know, who I expect to play, who I don't. But like Talia, um, that in my mind is just locks playing, you know, the 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 coaches yeah. coach speak or whatnot. But I, I, I just I don't know that I want to attribute like all the injuries to like the the coach speak or whatnot because some of them, you know, they they genuinely have been, you know, just kind of see how you feel and go from there. Well, the goal is to not only get bowl eligible this week, but you know, I wanted to look at the remaining portion of the schedule, right? Obviously, if you, if you get this win, you become bowl eligible. You hit that sixth win, right? Uh, they got five games in total remaining. Uh, but I think the real big goal here is how how good of a bowl game do you get? Do you just get to that sixth win and get it, get to a bowl? Because uh, you've got Northwestern, like I said, coming up this weekend, Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, and Rutgers. I said in the beginning of the year, I felt confident we could win that Wisconsin game. Uh, At the end of the year, I definitely feel like we can win that Rutgers game. So if we win those three games, we're sitting pretty at eight wins with still a pretty good chance at a Penn State win at a potential. It's crazy to think that there's a potential for a nine win season. Well, we already shit the bed against Purdue. Exactly. Almost had one at at Michigan. That's wild. And I'm not just being the alt, like the, the, the crazy optimist here. I'm not usually that guy. That's usually Ryan's role. But looking at the schedule with Leah not being season ending here. I, I really think that there is three games, maybe four that we can win out of these next five. There is, but we, we could win that. And the only one we've ever said we can't win is Ohio state. Right. But we've also never agreed on something like that before. So God knows what's going to happen. It's wrong. We've been this year. Right. <laughs> so, That's yeah. true. That is very uh, true. I, I mean, like just kind of going forward. I mean, obviously I look at this weekend, I think Rutgers are kind of the first two obvious games that I think Maryland is going to win. Like I feel very confident in that, and then it's you know kind of at Wisconsin, just kind of with it being a road game. I think Penn State's a toss up. I I I genuinely um, I think Maryland matches up well. Yeah, I don't think Penn State's offense is all that explosive. Nope. Um, you know, Logan heard some things about. Penn State and their offense it's, and Clifford and uh, it scares me and, all the time when they take Clifford off the field. I every time I'm like, don't find a quarterback that works. Don't please oh, stop I mean, looking. Drew, please it, stop it, looking at the quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, uh, and I don't want to make it you know like too much Penn State, but like if James Franklin's smart, he's starting Drew Alar. It's like not even close. Uh, who who the more talented quarterback is? I, I just um, disagree. Just for at least two more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear him bitching about the tunnel at Michigan now? Yeah, that what was a fucking soft. tool bag. God, He's, get control of your fucking players. Like, also, I've been that, that way tunnel. forever. It's not that bad. Right. Like, get, <laughs> yeah. I, she just irritates yeah. me. Uh, I irritates actually me. just saw that video yesterday. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's been 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 kind of interesting. I think I, think I saw a video. He's like two and thirteen against teams. How in, did you uh, find someone at, mm-hmm. in Ann Arbor to get angry at you? How? Where, where were they? Like, <laughs> was it not? I was it not with Harbaugh? <laughs> I, th- I thought it was him and Harbaugh that got into it. I don't know they if they actually three. got into it or not, but it was some of the players I know that got into it yeah. for sure as they're funneling well, in. But yeah, I, I saw Franklin was, you know, he started like yelling or whatnot. I thought uh, maybe I misread it, uh, but I thought that it, it was him and Ar- Harbaugh. I could only just see. Wouldn't Franklin, be surprised. But, Wouldn't be surprised. Both uh, of them yeah, were hot Fire up the rumor mill. Right. <laughs> I fucking hate him. Uh, <laughs> controversy. Right. I, I, yeah. I do want to say the one thing that scares me this weekend is I think that I already talked. They got a really good running back. I mean, when you talk about 31 touches for 278 yards and two touchdowns against any FBS team, he's a, a talent. And then they're also 
bad at kicking, like historically bad at kicking. They have two kickers that have combined for 50% and nothing's been attempted over 39 yards. Yeah. And so we're going to be defending this team for four downs. Yeah. So when you have a good running back that you're going to be defending, if you let them on your side of the field for four downs, you better hope you play in the shadow of your own goalposts because I don't want to play four downs versus that guy. Yeah. And they're, and they're one and five, they got nothing to lose. So they're going to be pulling all the tricks out all, you know, and we're so good at covering those (laughs) (laughs) historically great at flea flickers. Nobody should run anything but flea flicker flickers versus us. (laughs) We'll see what happens, man. I, like I said, I feel confident if, if we do go into this game and it's, Running running back by committee versus their running back, I still like our chance, especially with the way our defense is playing up front right now. Uh, the game's at home. Uh, I like our chances. I'm I'm underestimating what Billy Edwards can do through the air. I need to see it through an entire game first, uh, and I need to also see what, what kind of impact he has on the ground when a team knows what to expect with him there. So uh, I'm tempering my expectations a little bit, but I still think – the Terps can win this game over the 13 and a half that right now that Vegas has given them. Uh, I'll go into my prediction first with this game. I think it's a lower scoring game. I think it comes in under the under uh, because the, the clock is just going to be continually moving in this game. Again, it's going to be on the ground. Uh, I think the Terps win this. I've got them winning 24 to 10. All right. Um, I think that, we will not score quite what we've been scoring uh, again because of the being on the ground. I don't think we're going to stall out as much because we get behind the chains with these terrible bubble screens that I hope we can erase at some point. I'm so <laughs> sick of watching them. Randy Edsel ran all the bubble screens that we can have for the next two decades. Please check the books. You're over your allotment. Stop throwing them. Um, so I think we'll score 28 I like your seventeen. I, I I think there is a world where we don't that we don't let up a second touchdown, so it could be like a fifteen sixteen, but we could probably let up seventeen. I didn't say seventeen, yeah. but okay, we'll go with it. Oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I heard uh, you wrong. Then <laughs> I, uh, I I initially wrote down twenty four ten. I'm going to go twenty seven ten. I just kind of think that you know that's kind of thing. I I don't really think that Northwestern is going to be able to to score too too much. I expect Maryland's defense to kind of be able to control the game a little bit. I think the Maryland's offense is going to be able to, um, like we said, they're going to run the football. I think they're just going to kind of want to um, establish dominance early and get the clock running and get out of there. I think that's kind of the mindset. So, um, again, um, it's Terps versus Terps. Um, yeah. And it's as cliche as it sounds. It's 110% true. Uh, if Maryland can get out of their own way, uh, I said it earlier, but I think this game could be over at halftime. So, we shall see. We shall. So I wanted to uh, give a quick shout out. I know we're going to do a little bit uh, about recruits here. Speaking of quarterback play, man, uh, our quarterback commit champ long had a huge, huge day last Friday night, a seven touchdown performance, 13 of 18 for 217 yards, four touchdowns through the air, but three on the ground as well, leading his team to a 70 to 41 win. This is a kid that uh, I think has flown under the radar a lot, and I hope he continues to fly under the radar a lot because this is a guy that I, I I have a lot of high hopes for when he gets here to College Park. Uh, he's got a similar build to, to Leah, 6'1", 200 pounds, so he's not like a, a real imposing threat as far as like height and size and all that goes, but I like his game, and, and like I said, I think he's flying under the radar up there in New Jersey. 
Yeah, I mean, he's looked really good. Um, I think, and I, I remember over the summer, I kind of posted, um, you know, it was actually shortly after Jamie Kaiser, uh, he decided to go to basketball because then, you know, at the time, Maryland was like in two quarterbacks and Jamie was going to be that second quarterback. And then, um, you know, Maryland kind of, you know, reevaluated. Um, and Champ, I think one of the big things that kind of always stuck with Maryland staff is that uh, he is as dedicated as they come to, you know, work out and, development off-season program preparation um and i think that this is kind of the you know the the evidence of that uh, obviously last season you know was his first year starting uh as a uh, uh quarterback in high on the high school scene so um just kind of this season was going to be you know uh, a big question mark you know in terms of his overall development you know what where where he's kind of able to show and he was kind of inconsistent sometimes early on at camps and i think he was able to kind of um put some string together, some, some better performances at late spring. And then obviously seven on seven circuit. Uh, he did very well this summer. Um, so I think it's all just kind of a byproduct of him just staying in the lab uh, and being able to just continuously improve. Uh, having said that, you know, last weekend, uh, Paramus Catholic, uh, they, I think the final score was 70 to 41. And yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, a couple of years ago, you definitely didn't expect to see Paramus Catholic to get steamrolled like that. It used to be a, a powerhouse, but, uh, I mean, champ, champ's doing his thing. Uh, so yeah, uh, it, the, the, the praise is definitely well-deserved for him. Any chance that his, our biggest sales to this man is early playing time and that Billy Edwards being better than we thought could hurt us in any way, or is he okay with one year and then being our dude? Yeah, I, I, I haven't heard any concerns about that. I think he's kind of known. And at the end of the day, he committed. Um, at the time, there was a quarterback. I think it was only Jaden Saray. Well, AJ Swamis committed, but, um, you know, we don't need to talk yeah. about him. Imaginary. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we yeah, only had your high school guy. coach on the show, and then you went to some other school. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, he, he's, 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 he's starting in pretty much every game for him. So good for him. But, uh, but yeah, so I think, I think Champ kind of, you know, recognizes that there's, there's older guys ahead of him. And, uh, at the end of the day, um, and something I've just kind of heard, you know, with the quarterback recruiting, you know, a lot of guys just want to be coached by Danny Eno. So he's a really, really good coach and, and guy to, to, one uh people just kind of gravitate towards and then two he does a very good job kind of breaking down teaching the game so um that, that i think that that kind of resonates with them last strange question any chance in hell leah takes his sixth year because of covid um i'm not expecting it like i think that he will end up leaving but um, six years he's a junior never, right yeah or it, it comes back next year i yeah. guess is my question yeah uh, i mean i think uh, like i said i'll never say never uh, I just think right now, not not, not in the plans. Way. Now, if that was a season-ending injury, that maybe was, that answer changes. That was like um, my. Do you really think his that. pro prospect is that high that he? Because I just the size, the size one, uh, and two, like the deep ball. He does. I just don't see the zip on the ball. I think he's a very effective college quarterback. I just don't know how he. I don't know how he looks in, in the in the pros. I feel like if he's gonna have a pro career right now at this point, he's an undrafted guy. I don't see him being drafted. That's my opinion. I mean, especially I, this is supposed to be a pretty heavy quarterback class coming up this year, too. Yeah, a lot of talent. That is true. That is true. That is true. Um I just think that was kind of the the expectation. But His yeah, mindset. I mean 
um and you know what this is what nil was made for yeah uh, so yeah. That, yeah. that you know can we pay him what an undrafted salary is let's go yeah. baby right uh, let's i got, go. got a link on my site you can donate i can, <laughs> I can send that over i think it comes down to leah though man if leah knows like his pro prospect is a, a hot a ceiling is sixth or seventh round more than likely undrafted how bad does he want to play in the pros like he's is he okay with just going in the pros with a shot at being a backup quarterback somewhere you know for a long time or does he want to play this last year out uh, in college and like you said you know at least make the nil money that he's making now or whatever deals that he has and come back and and potentially make that heisman run or be the best quarterback in the big 10 right now he's probably what third in the big 10 or second or third in the in the big 10 as far as quarterbacks go uh, but next year, once you know the the guy from uh, Ohio State moves on, he's got a real good chance of being the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Um, We're starting our sales pitch now. Come back, Leah. <laughs> come back. Love you. <laughs> Tell us what yeah. numbers. At least float out a number. Just be like, you know, I would probably come back next year if we get four hundred grand. All right, I'll start. <laughs> I'll start passing the plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, on the basketball side of things, I know we were waiting on word from a couple of guys. Any updates on basketball? Queen or bust? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Muhammad Debu. Uh, De- I think I butchered that last name. Apologies. It's cool. It doesn't matter. He's not right. coming here. Yeah, not going to be here. <laughs> we don't care not. what your name is, bro. <laughs> he, he committed to Bama uh, over Maryland. Maryland. Maybe he finished second, uh, if not, you know, third. I, but I think I think it was runner up. Um, and then the other was Papa Conte, who just announced for Michigan a couple hours ago. Um, Maryland probably finished second for him. Maryland was kind of battling. I was kind of expected to be Michigan and Rutgers kind of at the top uh, for a long, long time. He took an official visit back on July 28th. Grant Bill Meyer, uh, assistant there, Tony Skin. Um, you know, the staff collectively kind of chips in. And obviously, Kevin Willard uh, has done a really good job recruiting as well. But Bill Meyer was kind of the lead point on that. So obviously, with uh, both those guys coming off the board, uh, Mike Nwoko was another guy that Maryland was originally looking at, but he seemingly was interested and then he scheduled four official visits elsewhere and then he committed to Miami. Um, so the front court's kind of wide open right now. And obviously this weekend, um, they will have a huge visitor on campus with 2024 four star forward, Derek queen making his way on campus. Uh, Derek queen, who's currently down at uh, Montverde Academy down in Florida. Um, you know, it's kind of always been that he's a big, big homebody guy. I think I mentioned it even here on, uh, on the site or excuse me on the podcast and on the site, but, Got a chance to meet him back in the spring when I did my interview and just, you know, just get a pulse, you know, on, you know, how is it adjusting in Florida and how is it, you know, just kind of being back in the area and you can definitely tell the the home hometown feel and that he gravitates towards that. Um, and that's been something that, you know, when you ask about his recruitment, that is something that very frequently comes up. Um, so I know one question that kind of is it overall uh, in his recruitment is whether he's going to say 2023 or, or I'm sorry, what is he going to say 2024 or reclass back to 2023. Um, and that's, I think something that will probably kind of get ironed out. Both sides will kind of talk about it this week and kind of just get on the same page so that Maryland can kind of figure out, all right, you know, you're either going to be a viable target this cycle or, you know, you become our top target in the 2024 cycle. So I think that's going to be a big takeaway. Uh, but another development with him was at Kansas. Uh, they, they had, uh, uh, believe it was the most, uh, the, the latest offer for him. So, um, still plenty of time. 
lots to kind of figure it. out and unfold. But uh, I talked if to you Islam. like it in the D.C. area, you are not going to like Kansas, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is I mean, a different world. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. But uh, uh, money talks. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone. It, it's not. We're not outbidding Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they got fucking investigated and brought out strippers yeah. two months later to their uh, midnight madness. I mean, still stuff, man. I mean, how do you turn down strippers? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new show title. Cancel it. Not home yeah. for six. How do you turn how down? How do you strippers? turn down strippers? <laughs> strippers. <laughs> That's funny. Um, like Scott but, Van Pelt, just this, they do the whole show, and then whatever the weirdest thing that was said is their show time. Yeah, How do you turn it. down strippers? <laughs> uh, it sucks, too, man, to see freaking Alabama relevant in basketball again. They, yeah, they, right? It was great yeah. for them to be like non-existent in basketball. We deal with enough with them in, in football. I don't need to see them in basketball, but here they are again the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, shining bright and getting big names, man. Nate, Nate has done a good job down yes. there. So, I hated so. rooting for Tennessee in that game. Like it was fun to watch a field rush and everything, but it felt gross. It was pretty uh, fucking yeah. cool to see the goalposts like, go out in the city streets, man. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my best friend went to Tennessee, and I've been down there. Uh, I probably it was probably coming up from maybe eight nine years ago. Uh, Amari Cooper was there, and he went off. I think it was twenty fourteen actually. Amari Cooper, you think he has like ten or eleven catches, two hundred ten yards, two touchdowns, and I, I literally thought like saw flashbacks of me being at a Maryland game because like midway through the first quarter Tennessee's down 21 nothing and uh all like all the Tennessee fans are leaving so like ever since that day like I give all the Tennessee fans I know I give them a ton of shit but like I don't know I feel like just kind of seeing you know Tennessee was always like are they back are they back and kind of mocking them and I don't know it's 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 uh I went to the first time I went to a game there was spring break and it blew my mind uh, or not, not uh, spring break, excuse me, fall break. Um, and there was just no one on campus, but it still blew my mind how loud that stadium was. And I think as soon as I saw just like the checkerboard inside the stadium and all that, I thought I was just like, holy hell, Tennessee by a million. So you yeah. bring up the checkerboard. <laughs> you bring up the checkerboard. So these goalposts come down. That that happens. Somebody like, cut the carpet. Goalposts. Not somebody. Did you see the photo of her, Fred? She was a big girl. I just saw it. Her. Literally looked like my mom. It was like an old <laughs> woman, yes. overweight, yeah. dressed in hippie-looking clothing, peeling the turf off the ground and, she, and taking it with has, her. There is a hunk. Like I mean, literally, yeah. like the checkerboard's like three by three. It's like three by one and a uh-huh. half missing she, out of this checker. She pattern. has a. And nin- it literally looks like my mom doing it. <laughs> she has a 1996 eBay account, and she's probably selling it on eBay yes, right now for yeah. one one specimen cup at a time from right. her VA job that she stole the cups from i guarantee it i live with a woman i was was gonna say there's a a lot of a lot of people in knoxville that uh have lived in knoxville their entire life and uh unfortunately i've met people that have never left knoxville before so uh you know it it, tennessee football hits different for some people i rushed the field three times in maryland i'm not gonna lie i left with grass i didn't ever left with sod i just took a few leaves with me she could have literally (laughs) replanted that in her front yard and it would have been fine (laughs) she left with sod (laughs) Uh, it was hilarious but it was cool to see i I love those kind of moments man it's good to see alabama lose uh for me i I can't stand alabama but to watch everyone's just sick of the same people all the time then they released video i think it was yesterday the day before some players walking off and punches a woman fan in the face yeah. or some shit i guess Burton. yeah unreal unreal yeah but. yeah it's pretty wild pretty yeah. wild but uh but what one one last uh tidbit that i have just on the football recruiting side uh just only because i got a text uh fletcher west fall he's uh 
four-star, six-foot-eight tackle uh, from 2024 class. Uh, he'll be visiting this weekend. And also, uh, shout out my little cousin, Mason Fondas, long snapper from Sherwood, who got invited out to the Maryland game this weekend. So nice. I am, ah, uh, shout out, cuz. There you yeah, go. That's um, awesome. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see him in the building on Saturday. Also, That's six cool. eight tackle sounds great. Yeah, dude, my ears perked up. As soon as yeah. I heard six eight tackle, I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, they needed to get him back on campus, but good to get my little cousin on campus. I love awesome. it. That's awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Uh, we hope for again uh, next show. We hope that we're talking a bowl eligible team for two ye- for two years in a row, back to back. For like you said, Ahmed, for the first time in a long time. Uh, and then we're planning out our ways that we're going to get to seven, and then eight, and then nine. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> nine left my head after we lost Purdue, but I like you putting it back in there. I like it, man. I don't know, man. I feel way more confident about the end of this schedule than I ever have at any point in this year, so we'll see. Yeah, It's uh, not us getting better. It's everyone else getting worse. That's exactly what it is, 100%. <laughs> Well, like I said, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that like button. You hit the subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube. If you haven't, make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow the show at Shell and Tell Pod. You can follow Ryan at Terps B. Espert. Follow me at Fred BLBS. Follow Ahmed at Kafir the Turtle. And also make sure you're following at Inside Black and Gold. Uh, Ryan, sign us off. All right, guys. Make sure you get out there to Inside Black and Gold. I just finished reading and really enjoyed the uh flip targets to watch uh article or on the road there it's a really good one keep your eye on the usc target it sounds like reading between the lines that might be our number one guy hey you won't let anything else out of there but go read that it's homecoming everybody get down to college park they're calling for a red out i'm apparently not gonna be able to be participating in the red out because i'm uh, now on halloween duty so i love oh, like you I'll got dressed into up. that mess i avoided that text <laughs> i know <laughs> fred never responded to the text nope. message and i never agreed to it but kaylee just keeps telling people i'm doing it so i think eventually i'm gonna just gonna have to fold <laughs> just be in, this, in this halloween dress with the girls we're gonna be down there lot 4b tailgating probably get there around 11 a.m you want to come see us, come see us. Hit up some shot 30 down there with the boys. It's one of yeah, the coolest man. things at the Maryland tailgates. Every 30 minutes, they give out free shots to anybody that shows up. So come check out 4B. Say hi to your boys. Get some free drinks. And I can't wait to come back and talk about this six win with you guys. Until next time, here's to wishing all is well under the shell.